0: What he has given me to give you is to remind you to say this to yourself, that I can because he did. It is finished. Y'all hear me? Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. God, you have poured this word into me, God. And, God, I just ask you to just build up that birthing and that it come out, Lord God, like you have given it to me. God, right now I say release it out of my belly the way you poured it into me, that it may not fall on deaf ears, Lord God. That it may be received in the name of Jesus. I say have your way, have your way, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Okay, this is going to be hard because she's going to have to follow me and my weirdness with the scriptures, but she's done this before. So we're home, we're family, so you all just bear with me, bear with her as I run through this. The scriptures I want you to, I want you to look at that title again. I didn't come up with this title. This isn't anything new, this isn't anything fancy, but this is what Holy Spirit had given me to share with you today. It says, I can because he did, and it is finished. It's not separated. It's all inclusive. It's one. It's one meaning. Do you understand that? God didn't separate that. And the reason that I had those two scriptures right there is because I want you to understand that what God said in the beginning, he also clarified it in the end. Amen? Amen. So if you look at these scriptures here with me today, you don't have to stand. I want you to be seated. I want you to understand what I'm saying. I want you to be seated. Amen? Genesis 2 and 2 says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. He rested. The next scripture, John. Give me the next one. Give me the last one. And then go back to this. Revelations 21, verses 6 through 8. And it reads as follows. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I give freely from the spring of water of life. Verse 7. All who are victorious will inherit these blessings. I will be their God and they will be my children. Verse eight. But cowards and unbelievers, the corrupt, the murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars—their fate is in the fiery lake of the burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now, John nineteen thirty says, when Jesus tasted it. He said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. So do you see what I'm trying to establish? Do you see that I'm trying to just not merely give you one scripture and say, this is how it was in the Old Testament, this is how it was in the New Testament. I'm clearly making a point here that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. For I have given you scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Amen. So God doesn't change. Amen. 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 Y'all not hear me. God Amen. does not change. Amen. Okay, let's go on with the scriptures. We're going to read some scriptures. Jennifer, I'm going to run down through those scriptures that I gave you at the, from John 1 1. Okay, I'm just going to read these scriptures, and I want you to take note. I may go slow so you can find it and follow with me, or you can just read it on the on the screen. John 1 1 says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. The next scripture says, Y'all following me? The next scripture says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Keep going, Jeffrey. I'll tell you when to stop. Okay, Hebrews, and we will use this scripture again. Hebrews 11, or 13 and 5 says, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Are y'all following me? 2 Timothy, chapter... Verse 16 says, all scripture is expi- inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us what to do is right. Amen. Are we, are we getting this? this? I'm talking about the word of God. Amen. And we're clear on the word of God. The living word of God was Jesus. Amen. Are we clear? Okay, let's go. Uh, Isaiah 46. And the reason, the reason I did this is, is simply because a good architect, they lay the groundwork. And they have a blueprint. And they show the end result first. Am I right? I'm not a builder. I'm just going by what Holy Spirit gave me. They show the end result first. Amen. Therefore, that's why I told you, he is the beginning and the end. Do you understand where I'm going with this? God says in his word, Isaiah 46 and 10, he says, only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. And what he's saying there is that I declare the end before the beginning. You see, he's saying that he set things in motion before you existed. He made a plan for your redemption before you sinned because he loved you that much. Amen? Amen? Amen. My God. Amen? Amen. All right. Y'all got to feel this with me because I'm bubbling up with this and this is good to me. Amen? See, I didn't come to talk about no baby Jesus. Although this manger scene is wonderful to me, and it's, a, it's an excellent display of what Jesus was at that particular time. But I came just to talk about, to have you consider the Jesus that I serve that is seated. He is seated on the right hand of God. Amen? Amen. You know, in this season, we get all worked up with the busyness and, and, and it lets us just, just forget about the real reason, the true reason for this season. Amen? Yeah. Sometimes we get caught up in shopping and, and, and the family time and the good food. Lord knows I'm not against the good food. Amen? <laughs> <clears throat> but I just want you to be, to be mindful. Because I can see the church. You see the church. But the church is becoming worldly. Can you see the church becoming worldly and getting caught up in the commercialization of this holy, spiritual aspect of this season? Tell me you don't see it. We get caught up in it, too. We shock till we drop. We overspend. We overindulge. Come on, y'all. We getting caught up, too. We are getting caught up in the very thing that God didn't design this thing for y'all. Y'all hear me? Now I'm going to read John 19 and 30 one more time. When Jesus had tasted it and said, it is finished, then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You see, you got to remember this scene. This scene is at a time when he had already fasted and prayed and been in the garden and his, his, his crew, we were talking about that in, in ladies' Bible study. And those jokers that was with him, they let him down. And see, sometimes you got to be careful about the people that you run with. you got to be careful about the people that are in your circle. Because sometimes folks just won't do right. Amen? Sometimes folks just won't do right because they're in their flesh. It's like no matter how much you show them love, they don't want to do right. No matter how much you pour into them, they won't do right. No no matter how much Christ-centered life you exemplify before them, some folks just won't do right. Amen? Think about this. Think about Christ's life. They didn't acknowledge him. As a king of kings. They rejected him. He didn't get many accolades. They didn't go around saying, Oh, he's the king of kings. Hallelujah. They didn't give him many accolades. They denied him. They betrayed him. Said that they would watch and pray with him, yet they fell asleep. Now come on, these are the jokers that. He was given to minister to, to teach, to love, to show God's love to this world. These are the very ones. And we were talking about this in Bible study. We're no different. We always want to look at the old school. We always want to look at the the, the Bible and say, well, if I were there, I would do, I would have, I would have never left Jesus. They did. Think about all the times God has spoken to your heart and ask you to do, to give, to go, to say, and you refuse. You fell asleep on him. You fell asleep, church. And that's where we're headed. The church needs an awakening. We need an awakening, church. We don't need another good sermon. We don't need another fluff. We need an awakening. Amen? Amen? See, Jesus understands. He understands that it's hard. To walk this thing out. He does understand. It says it in Hebrews 4. Verses 15 through 18. Hebrews 4. Do you not have that one? You do There we go. Hebrews 4. Verses 15 through 16. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced them all. The same testings we do. And yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we'll receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So what I'm saying is Christ knows that this thing is hard. He knows that this walk is hard. And sometimes we feel like it's impossible, the things that we go through. But he has given us an example. He himself walked this thing out so that we would be sure that it is possible. You see because when Christ was on the earth he was all man yet all god. So the things of the flesh he did feel. Come on y'all. Come on, he did feel. You see that's why do you have Hebrews 12:2? I don't think you have that. Let's look that up. Hebrews 12:2. Hebrews 12.2, and this is I'm reading this one out of the New King James, and that's all right. It says, therefore, we also, I'm reading one, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, I'm going to say it one more time, looking unto Jesus unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame as he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God so where is Jesus he is seated at the right hand of the father Amen? He is seated. You see, that's why we as believers, we got to do this thing a little different than the world. You see, when we want to attack when we've been offended and done wrong, and we want to defend our rightness, and we want to correct the story by, by just saying it wasn't me, Because we want to look good, amen? You see, that appears selfish, and it lacks compassion. So instead of saying, they did, or they said, God, don't you know what they did, how they treated me? Instead of saying that, or saying something of the sort like, that's not fair. That is so not fair, God, because I'm right here. I'm the one right up on your child. Look what they're doing. Look what they're saying. Do you remember what they did to my Jesus? And I'm saying this, my Jesus, because this is personal to me. Do you know what they did to him? It says, look unto Jesus. For he, he is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. So you say things like, and not just you, I'm saying this as a people, as a body, of believers, because it's true and it's real, and it happens. You say things like, you don't know what happened to me as a child. And I would say to you, but they tried to kill Jesus as a child. You would say that they talked about me. They talked about my family. They talked about my past. They talked about how I live. I would say to you, that they said that he was just a carpenter's son. He was just a carpenter's son from Nazareth. Who is this man? How dare he? You say, I thought they were with me. I thought they were on my side. I thought they had my back. I thought they were to the end with me. I thought they were all good with me. And I would say to you, look what they did to Jesus. They chanted Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And very shortly after, the same ones shouted, crucify him, crucify him. So I say to you, to remind you, to encourage you, to say out of your belly and out of your mouth, yes, I can, because he did. Come on, y'all. We need to audibly say, yes, I can. Because he did it. Because it's finished, church. It's finished. I know you say this is too hard. and It's too much. And this thing is too tired. And I can't go on. And this, 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 is just, this is just not where I want to be, God. I didn't think my life would be like this. I didn't think this would be going on in this stage in my life. But God showed you that, yes, you can. You see, Christ... He was physically tortured. He was ridiculed. He was made to carry his own cross to Calvary. And the, and, and the way I understand it, he never complained. There's an old song we used to sing in the Baptist church. He never said a mumbling word. Do you know what that means to us, the church? That we will go through things, we will endure things, we can endure things, and we should not complain. We should not murmur, amen? That's what the Word of God says. I just want you to know that because God so loved the world that he gave. Amen? And I want you to be reminded that I can because he did. You see all of these situations and complaints and arguments, they're just temporal. They're just temporal. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. I, I don't think you have that one. That's all right. We got Bibles. We're going to look this one up. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. And it reads this is the New King James. It says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So what I'm saying to you, the things that you're going through, they're just temporary. And we have a hope in him that is eternal. Amen? We have that hope in him. Once again, Hebrews 12 and 2, it says that he endured it all. He endured it so that we can have that example. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. You see, we cry out for help, and we cry out for answers, yet we turn away from the answers that he gives us. He gives us. Sometimes we, we need to seek him and not man. Sometimes we need to get on our face before God for ourselves. Sometimes we don't need a pastor or sister or brother, which are wonderful counsel. Sometimes we need to seek him and let him speak to us. Amen? Amen? Amen. You see, we quote 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. We say it all. If my people... You got that one? There we go. It says... 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. It says, then if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. See, we're quick to say that, that portion of the scripture. But when you drop down to verse 17, I don't think you have it, but on verse 17 it says, if, 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 if you, Adhere to my statutes. Then, then, there's an if and there's a then. But we don't want to ever consider the, the things that causes us to move, to do, to give. Amen? We're so quick, and we'll throw in Romans eight twenty eight so quick in a heartbeat, because we love to say that, that, you know, all things work together for the good of them that are called and that love the Lord. We're so quick to quote those cutes, but we never... Continue on to see what he requires of us. That's one thing we were talking about in our Bible study the other night. We were talking about the gifts that we could give to him. We are so inundated with a greedy world that we are, (laughs) we are, we're always walking around with our hands out. Give me something. Give me, God. Give me, Crystal. Give me, give me, give me, Jonah, and give me. We're always walking around crying, give me, instead of asking of the king, what shall I give you? Amen? You see, we got this thing all twisted. You see, this is kind of what, I, I don't know legal stuff, I'm just going on what God gave me. He says this is a contingent will. And what that means is the if and the when. What it means is, and y'all help me because I'm not all that deep and all that, you know, but what he was explaining to me is that if you do this, a contingent will is is something based on uh, stipulations. I mean, you'll get this when you do this. An example. You can receive, inherit $2 million, $20 million, when you turn 25 years old. And you are married. Okay? So the stipulations are that you have to be 25 and you have to be married. So if you turn 25 and you're not married, guess what? You're going to wait on your 25 million or your $20 million or two, whatever I said. Those are contingent wills. So like I was saying, there are things that God requires of us. We want to walk around and say, give me, give me, do, do for me. When God's saying, but my word said... But my statues are, my commandments are, yet you turn. You turn from them. And all God's trying to do is get us in the right place, amen? Because there is something on our part that we have to do, church. I just want to know, are we willing to lay down pride? Are we willing to lay down reasoning? Are we willing to lay down presumptions to receive what God says is already yours? Okay? I'm just trying to get you in a state of mind to where you're not always worried about the fluff. You're concerned about the heart. You're concerned about the spirit, man. You're concerned about the growth that he needs through you. Amen? Because this thing isn't about us. It's about them out there. What are we doing? How are we portraying Christ as the body, as the church? How? You know, and, and I said all this. I said all this because I just I just want to paint a picture. I want you to understand that this isn't about you and me and soul's harbor. This is about Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen? So, and I said all that to say... When folks come to you and they say, well, you're not all that, you weren't called, you weren't chosen, you have no right, you can't do that, you're too young, you're too old. I want you to know that you, as a believer, have been crucified with Christ, therefore, you have been raised with Christ. So when they come at you sideways, all you've got to do is say, hey, look at my nail prints in my hand. I've been with him. I've been crucified with him. Therefore, I reign with him. Therefore, I sit with him. I am seated in heavenly places with him. Amen? Y'all don't act like y'all believe me. It's all in the word of God. And that's all right. I'm going to give you what he gave me, and it's your responsibility to receive it. Amen? Can you give me some of those scriptures? I got Ephesians. Okay, let's, let's just, we got two or three scriptures we're going to run through. Ephesians 1, 19 through 22. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for you who believe in him. That this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him, I said seated him, in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Where is Christ? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Give me that last verse. Verse, do you have 22? Okay. And God put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And then I'm going to talk to you about this. Ephesians 1 and 6 says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins, you you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil and the commanders of, of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. But our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God's so rich in his mercies, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Is there one more? Colossians? All right. Let me read that one. Verse 6. Did I read that one? For God raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realm because we are united with Christ Jesus. We are joint heirs. We are seated with him, church. Oh, y'all, come on. Y'all not getting this thing. He's... We are seated with him. You see, we're not sitting low, looking high. We're seated with him. Come on, church. Give me that next. uh, Colossians 2 and 15. said, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory on the cross. So what I'm saying is because we are seated in in the heavenly places, we are seated in authority with Christ. Amen? I said we're seated. We're seated in a place of authority. And what I'm saying to you, church, is we don't have to take some of the stuff we're taking. We don't have to. Because we're kingdom kids. We're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We can speak to things. And they change just simply because of who we are. Amen? Oh, y'all not getting this this morning. That's all right. I want this to, to soak in you, and I want you to ponder this word over and over and over throughout this week so you can remember what Christ did for us. Amen? You see, Christ is the head of the church, and we're the body. Right? So a head and a body must be united in order to function. That's right. Amen? That's right. So, look, uh, I'm just going to say it like he gave it to me. The church is appearing in some way or fashion. And trust me, I am not being insensitive. I am not being harsh. This is just how Holy Spirit gave it to me so that I can understand it. I'm not all deep. I'm just going to tell, tell you like I got it. The church is appearing to be paraplegic. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what that means? I mean, the neck up here is working. Nothing else ain't moving. Come on, come on, church. We're 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 not moving. We're not doing. We're not going. We're not growing. We've become stagnant and stale and okay with just okay. When God is speaking and He is saying to the church, "It's time to move." It's time to go. It's time to do because this thing is about to come to a wrap. That's right. Try. Come on, church. I'm happy about this thing because you know what? This is the best time to be in the body of Christ. This is an exciting time to see what God is doing through us as a body, through me personally. Come on. I am excited to see what God is doing. Amen. Come on, church. I'm just trying to get you to to understand what God is saying. This is somewhere we are seated. We are seated. Luke 10 and 19. Do you have that one? I wasn't sure what scriptures I gave her because I got so excited and so nervous. But she did well. You did well. Luke 10 and 19 says Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Nothing. Nothing means nothing. No body, no thing, no nothing. Nothing will injure you. Do you understand that? There's no need for us to struggle. There's no need for us to wait. There's no fancy formula for us to figure out and try to work. We just have to receive it as ours. Amen? Amen. It's simple. It's simple. We look silly trying to fight a battle, for a victory that's already won, Sister Ann. We look silly trying to say, oh, I'm fighting and I'm struggling, I'm I'm in warfare, I'm this and that. We look silly, seated by Christ, talking to believers or non-believers, saying things out of our mouth. That's why I always tell my kids, watch what you say out of your mouth. Watch what you speak out of your mouth. Because we're seated with Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. High above all the principalities. High above all things. So this goes back to Revelation 1 and 8. Where God says, I am the Omega, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. The Almighty One. Now, this is what God's saying, and he has, he has given us the privilege to sit with the king of kings and the lord of lords. Do you not know that you are kings? Do you not know that you are seated with the king of kings? The king of kings. We are those kings, people. That's the, do you know what kind of authority that a king has? They have the right to decree things, and it is so. We're believers. We have the right to establish a thing by the decrees that we speak out of our mouth. Amen? Oh, y'all not getting it. That's all right. I'm having fun all by myself. (laughs) Now listen to this. If I were to give you a key to an unlocked door, And say to you, everything in it is yours. One more time. If I were to give you a key to an unlocked door and say to you, everything in it is yours. And you, in your great wisdom, (laughs) begin to knock on the door begin to try to take the hinges off the door, begin to try to break through the door. Wouldn't you seem silly? I just said I gave you the key to an unlocked door. So what? I say what would be the purpose of Christ giving us the keys? Come on now. Well, I'm going to tell you what he told me. first thing the door was already unlocked the door is open church okay so you got a key but the door is unlocked the second thing is that key is a reminder to Satan that your victory is in your hand it's already been won church can't get nobody say hallelujah hallelujah by myself The victory has already been won. So when you hold that key to that unlocked door that you have already been given, it's just like a banner. It's just your victory banner. It's just saying, I'm free, I've won. I'm free, and I've won. Amen? Oh, y'all not getting this thing. Ah, y'all not getting it. That's all right. So when you think about it, I just want you all to remember to say these words out of your mouth, that I can because he did. Why is that, Sarah? Well, I'll tell you why. Because John 19 and 30 says that it is finished. That means there's nothing else that we need to do. When I was studying in this, there was a word that that, that I was Looking up, and I had no clue how to pronounce it, let alone what it meant. So I'm going to say it the best way that I can. Teteliste? Tetalista. Okay. It's Greek. Not Greek. I don't know how to, to make sense of that. But let me tell you what it means. It means it is finished. And what that means is it is finished. means that it already happened. It's already complete effective today once again already happened already finished already complete still effective today amen lord have mercy y'all a hard church to preach to Woo! i'm praying for my pastor even harder jesus that's all right i just want you to be encouraged Because that word, tetelestai, it means that it's already finished. It is finished. It is complete. There's nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing more that we can do but receive that gift of God. Amen? Amen. So some things that we struggle with or we try to work for or we try to grovel for or we say, pray for me, lay hands on me, give me, give me, give me, God says it's already there in that unlocked door. You just need to go get your stuff. Come on, church. There's some things that we don't have to fight for because we're seated with him. There's some things that already belong to us but simply because we're believers, amen? We just have to take the initiative to get our happy, pretty selves up, take a step, go to the door, open the door, and receive those gifts that God has for us, amen? You see, I'm looking at this little baby in the manger thing, which is wonderful. It's wonderful. The men and women made this and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Great. But that's not where Jesus is. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And you as believers are seated with him. So when we think about Christmas and we think about this season and the reason for this season and this holiday time, I'm not talking about no baby Jesus in a manger. I'm talking about my Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is seated in Heavenly places, and I'm sitting right with him. That's why I'm excited. That's why I'm celebrating. Amen. Because he has already made it right with me. Come on, church. That's all right. I'll amen, myself. Amen, Sister Sarah. All right. So, what I got up here are some gifts. You see, everything that we have that we need. It's finished. It's complete in him. Everything. Everything we need is wrapped up in Christ Jesus. Not the baby, but the man. The man, Jesus. Everything. So so when you think about some things that you need or you want or you desire or you believe that should be yours, yet they're not, go on in the door. You don't have to ask my permission. You don't have to ask pastor's permission. You're seated. You have the key. You tell the enemy, my house will be saved. My body is healed. You don't have to ask for permission. You can speak to the mountains yourself. You see, everything we have is wrapped up in Christ. Amen? Everything. So I'm just going to tell you, if you need salvation, it's in Christ. If you need deliverance, it's in Christ. If you need healing, it's in Christ. Come on, church. Y'all play too much. Y'all play too much. If you need provision, it is in Christ. Amen? If you need joy, it is in Christ. If you need wholeness, it's in Christ. I'm not sure which one I left out here because I got sighted and I went on about my business. <laughs> if you need love, it is in Christ. If you need salvation, salvation, it is in Christ. And I admonish you today to remember that you too are seated in heavenly places with Christ and be reminded to say to yourself, I can, because he did, it is finished.